Star Podcast with super fans Rose and Sam and Malika too. She's undecided if she even likes it. But we watch Stargate and talk about it because it's fun. We probe the wormholes, yes we do, because we have nothing better to do. So listen, here's our show. Hello and welcome to Probing the Wormhole, a Stargate discussion podcast. I am Malika and I would like to introduce my super fan co-hosts. Rose and Sam. Today we are talking about episode 10 from season two, Bane, an episode so bad that these super fans of and friends of mine made me host it. So we start with a scenic view of a technologically advanced city. It's nice to see the gate not being in a cow pasture. And O'Neill calls it a ghost town and then steps in some some yellow goo. Uh, gross, 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 gross. It's just, this episode is so gross. It was like chunky. Also biohazard. What the fuck? Everyone's like, oh, you stepped in some alien fucking poo. I'm like, this is a biohazard. What is going on? Where's your mop for? Well, they're obviously never (laughs) walked in San Francisco where you keep your head down constantly because there's so much poo everywhere. At least it's largely human poo and not alien poo. (laughs) I don't know. I think that they are same level in grossness human poo on the streets versus bug poo. So they start hearing noises and there comes a huge iridescent bug with a scorpion tail. Now, personally, I hate bugs that have like a outward exoskeleton. I hate them. So like beetles and stuff like that freak me out. So the fact that this bug was on the back of Tilk, I was done. Don't all bugs have exoskeletons? Well, like plates, plate, like hard shelled type. Yeah, like like a. You don't beetle. like you don't like ladybugs. Ladybugs are okay. Like uh, beetles. Beetles freak me out. Did I tell you about when I went to Mexico? They had these bug beetles that were like this the size of like a small plate all over the ground at this rest stop in southern Mexico. Like you, you had to step over them to walk anywhere. It was so gross. I would have never gotten out of the car. Yeah. What if you really had to pee? I don't pee care. Pee in a bottle. <laughs> I would I would open the door and stretch my butt out as far as I could, but with my feet in the car and hold probably holding on to like the door frame. On a public bus. I should this is a public bus with lots of people around. Doesn't matter. I am not walking outside where there's beetles. What about you, Sam? <laughs> Do you like gross bugs? I like gross bugs. No, I don't mind beetles. I don't want them to be the size of a small dog though. <laughs> yeah. The, the prop they used in this case, it kind of reminded me of something they used in Star Trek. Like they just went over to the Star Trek set and pulled down one of those weird alien bug thingies and then brought it over here. The Star Trek set is in LA. They would have had to fly down. Oh, well then <laughs> I guess they didn't do that. Then They made their own special, horrible looking bug for this episode yeah i hate bugs too i just find this whole episode gross and it reminded me of like an x-files episode but the x-files when they do gross at least they do it well so when we see the bug attached to tilk's back we then see o'neill bringing up his weapon to shoot it off 
Tilk's back from what, like three feet away? I would be more scared of O'Neill than <laughs> this bug. He should have used that knife that he used during the last episode. But how do you stab a bug off somebody's back? <laughs> I mean, if you go like straight at it, you're going to stab the person whose back it's on. If you go sideways, it'll just like, it just flies away. You poke it and it's right here. This wasn't a very well thought out. I mean, shooting, yes, because you're off by like an inch and you like kill your friend. You murder your friend. Also not a great plan. And how do you know that you don't, when you shoot it, it's not going to like get angry and like sting him or like spray toxins everywhere. Just overall bad idea. Maybe shoo it away first. Shoo it away? <laughs> like a fly swatter. <laughs> well, O'Neill doesn't get off a shot and the bugs stings, tilts back. And before they can do anything, they start hearing a swarm coming and they run to the gate. So they dialed to earth. Seems like, I realize they're under sort of bug attack and didn't have a whole lot of time to think, but one, you're risking the bugs flying back through the gate with you, right? They can just fly right into it as you're running through. And two, Teal'c is now infected with an alien organism. I don't know why you would just like bring him back. Not a smart plan. They should have like a designated biohazard or like, like if you have to emergency dial somewhere and you can't go back to earth, have like a, like an emergency beta site or something or a gamma site or whatever. But we we talked about that previously. That would ruin the whole show. Because <laughs> they just resolve. They'd be like, oh, Tilg is turning into a bug. We're just going to leave him on this planet and, and come up with the result. And so he doesn't actually threaten all of humanity. Like, where's the drama if you take him <laughs> to a gamma site? Yeah, it's fun to have Earth almost explode like every other week. <laughs> So then they are, they come through the gate. Luckily, not one of the bugs flies through. We can hear them hitting the closed iris, but nobody makes it through. They take Tilk to the infirmary and they show the, the, the mosquito bite, but it's like a hole. It was like it's a disgusting. Hole. It's fucking gross. It was inflamed. It was, uh, I believe Tilk said it was getting worse and then Dr. Frazier comes at it with a big old Q-tip. <laughs> and I was like, holy cannoli, if pus comes out of here, I'm done. You guys have to find somebody else to do this podcast. I will never watch this show again. If it squeezes pus, I'm done. You're the horror fan. You don't like pus? No, I don't. So if it had been blood, you'd be like, whoa, look at that blood. So cool. Blood, vomit. Pack somebody's head off with like a, a mallet or an axe. Fine, fine. Puss, done. We all have our, our issues. Right? We do. Did I tell you how they sucked the pus out of my ear a few weeks ago? Oh, God. And, but that's real life. That's why I asked you for a picture of it because I'd, be, I'd feel like pukey, but I would be able to see it. If it was like pus shooting, like projectile pus. Yeah, I can't do it. <laughs> Is that possible? Physically possible? Haven't you ever yeah. popped a zit and it hit the mirror? Ew. No, I have not. And ew. <laughs> Dr. Frazier takes a blood sample and it looks like there's a viral infection and there's DNA that does not match Tilks. How many so viral infections do we have here to date? Viral and or bacterial and or nanobots. Is at least the eighth, right? I'm sure it's more than that. 
So Carter has the great idea of contacting Dr. Timothy Harlow, who is a renowned geneticist. Dr. Harlow says that the sample that was previously taken now has no DNA from Tilk and believes that this is a retrovirus. He says that this virus is rewriting Tilk's genetic material and that the symbiote is only slowing it down, but not stopping it. Is that a, what a retrovirus does? It rewrites your <laughs> genome? I don't think so. Isn't AIDS a retrovirus? I think it is. Or HIV? Yeah. yeah. I did do some research. Um, about bug retroviruses? No, about the fly and behavior altering parasites, but I didn't look at retrovirus. Oh, any of a family of RNA. Remember he said the thing about RNA? Viruses that have an enzyme capable of making a complementary DNA copy of the viral RNA, which then is integrated into the host's cell's DNA. I remember this. So when they were talking about HIV, they said that the, the virus gets into your cell, multiplies inside your cell, and then bursts your cell. But I think they pop out. It's a really bad kind of virus. Aren't they all? It sounds like science fiction, but I'm in, I'm at Wikipedia and it literally says it's rewriting the genome. So maybe I just don't know anything about retroviruses. But does it turn you into a fly? Is there a virus on earth that turns a person into a fly? No. That seems different. <laughs> like even the worst retrovirus doesn't turn you into a different kind of organism, right? No. But the, the question <laughs> is, is, I mean, his body mass is being turned into multiple bugs, Right. I think in the natural world, a parasite can can lay eggs or whatever. In I think there was like a wasp that lays eggs in a spider. Tarantula and, something. Tarantula wasp, I think is what they call it. And it like and eat, it eats the babies, eat everything until the spider is dead and then they pop out. Very gross. So they explained how this is how they reproduce. So is it that Teal'c then becomes a bunch of flies or is it that he is the incubator for a bunch of flies and he dies I, I thought it was he's becoming a bunch of flies so his consciousness will then become a fly consciousness <laughs> or well a bunch of flies i don't think he's turning into one big fly is he <laughs> he's turning into a bunch of flies but like is him like is his matter i guess is it like eggs that are just feeding off of him or is it actually he's turning into them i don't think that they ever say Carter said that it's his mass that is creating all these flies. And you can have less flies if you have less mass. So he's going to be like 10 flies. Didn't they say that normal people were 10 flies? Yeah. Like so he's, he's probably like 12 flies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Tilk is talking to O'Neill in a private moment about his sickness and how scared he is of becoming something else. And asks O'Neill to kill him if there's no hope for him. Now, personally, I wanted this to be an opportunity for Shipper Corner, but it was so sad and so well acted between the two of them. I couldn't, I couldn't pigeonhole it into a relationship. You, yeah. Sam, you love those O'Neill Teal moments. No, I do. It was a nice moment, but then, like the next moment, we go back into the fly story. So I don't know. Is it a redeeming moment? Not really. 
Yeah, I kind of, I mean, I like the moment, but I kind of feel the same. I mean, I feel like the story's so ridiculous. I, it's one of my essential dislikes of sci-fi tropes is bugs, people turning into bugs, killer bugs, that whole genre. So I hate it. And then let's like, in spite of the awfulness, like the actors do a good job, like at moments, but it's not enough to redeem the episode. But nice moment. I'll give it that. So then we are back in Hammond's office. O'Neill walks in to see, dun, 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 Mayborn. And he's there to take Tilk away and do research on him. O'Neill's reaction to this is asking Hammond if he could beat Mayborn up. Mayborn looks genuinely scared that he's going to say yes. And we never hear Hammond's response. And Hammond hesitates too. I'm sure he would be pretty slow to break them up if O'Neill threw a couple punches. Oh yeah. And of course, at this time, the president is MIA to overrule the order allowing Mayborn to take Tilk. This is President Clinton. So I think we know why he's indisposed at this moment. (laughs) So we're back at the lab and Carter is pissed because she knows it was Harlow that ratted them out to Mayborn and explains to him that Mayborn is planning on taking Tilk away and experimenting on him. Harlow seems to think that this is okay. He's oh, he's naive. Either he's naive or he's working with him, but I don't think he is because in the end he kind of betrays him. So we're in the infirmary and Mayborn has his people handcuff and put a bio suit on Tilk. Now, I don't believe in handcuffs or leg chains, but shouldn't he have been in a bio suit this whole time? Yeah, but yeah. Why not put him on a stretcher too? Why have him walk out? Maybe he didn't want to be on a stretcher. Actually, now that I think about it. I mean, the whole, the, the visual also, I mean, it's, we've talked about particularly Teal being the only black person, only person of color in the show. The visual of having him be in change is really, really harsh. I, I have a hard time with it. Aside from that, Yes, he he has been a biohazard since they came back through the gate and should have been in isolation this entire time. So we're outside the infirmary with the team and they're talking over what's about to happen to Tilk. And this is when we see Tilk being led away by these black op type military guys. And he looks dejected, even though we can't really see his face because of the bio suit. I thought that was a sad moment. Yeah, he thinks he's going to die. Not just die, but like have a horrible experience before he dies. They're going to cut him up. They're going to think of what they wanted to do to E.T. But do you really think that's what the rest of SG-1 thinks is going to happen? That they're going to cut him up? Because I don't think they would have allowed Tilk to go with them. They knew that he was going to be tortured. You think so? Well, so Timothy, Dr. Harlow said, you know, this is his only chance. Or you know this is his best chance. And that seemed to convince Sam to sort of back off. And so maybe they trust that he is at least going to do what he can to protect him. I still think they're going to torture him. That's me. would have tortured him had he had the opportunity. To, or So his plan was to let him change, I guess, to see how it works. I don't know why you would want to do that. Like a weapon, maybe? A bug weapon? Yeah. Turn your enemies into bugs? <laughs> Shoot bugs at them? Army of bugs. Yeah. <laughs> So we're on the road, and for some reason, Tilk is being transported in a decommissioned ice cream truck. <laughs> it looks like it has very lo- little protection. That This is when we find out that Mayborn doesn't want Har- Dr. Harlow to treat Tilk and slow down whatever the virus or the parasite that's going on. He wants him to transform. 
dog freaks the fuck out and rips off his handcuffs, pulls off his hood and thrusts his head or his hand through the wiring attacking the driver. So does it, does the bug give you, I mean, cause he's a strong guy. He's a Jaffa. So he's on his best day, still stronger than most humans, but not that strong. So does the bug, the bug juice give him a little extra oomph? Well, when I was doing the research on the behavior altering parasites, one of the things that they, that they do to their host is they can force them to go places that they want them to go. So it's not like go to Philadelphia, but it's like, you need to end up in a dark place. Remember, he says that they talk about how to change, they need like a dark place. And we see later that he wants nutrition, obviously to grow the bugs, but your parasite can kind of, it pushes you to do those things, things that you wouldn't regularly do. I think that this is the bug the parasite's not getting what it wants. So the parasite's like, we need to find a dark space away from these people. And do you think it's Teal'c that rips out his symbiote because he's like, I'd rather die than live like this? Or do you think it's the bug because the symbiote was inhibiting its transformation? I think it's the bug. I mean, I can I can see he wouldn't want to go on living this awful transformation, but I do think it's the bug because it just makes more sense that the parasite would want to stop um, this thing that's slowing down its progression. I think the episode wants us to think it's Teal'c who tears out the symbiote. But I agree with Malika in that I don't think Teal'c would give up and just take out a symbiote. I think he would still fight. So I think it's the disease, or disease the bug that's doing it. But but I really do, th- do think the writers wrote it to make us think it's Teal'c who's doing it. The reason why I think it's the parasite is because when he was talking to O'Neill, he said, if there's no, specifically, kill me if there's no hope, right? The symbiote gives him hope. I mean, and it plays out later. The only hope is having the team know where he is, but the parasite does everything to make sure that the team doesn't know. So we're back in the boardroom and we find out that there's an emergency communication from the driver. Everybody gets to the truck and nobody's dead but everybody's unconscious and the team finds the symbiote on the ground. And Daniel just grabs, right? I mean, aren't we afraid of these things that it might like jump and implant somebody? Nobody seems to be concerned that that might happen. Wait, did we talk about Teal'c removing the symbiote? Yeah, gross, also gross, fucking gross. That was really gross. It's just, it's like, it's like they went out of their way to make this as gross as possible to kind of cover up for the fact that the story is so stupid. Well, what was going on around this time? Was it was X-Files becoming very popular with its grossness as well? I mean, maybe they were trying to emulate X-Files. Is, I think this is after X-Files or, or sort of X-Files is already pretty established by the time Stargate is. I mean, it's definitely, this is, I feel like every time they have on Earth episodes, it's always like an X-Files wannabe episode, but it just doesn't do X-Files as good as X-Files, right? And X, like X-Files is gross, but it's not like the point isn't to be gross. The gross sort of like, facilitates the story and this is like this is stupid let's just be gross so we're in back in the infirmary all the people who were knocked unconscious by (laughs) parasite (laughs) milk uh, are getting checked out and o'neill is really throwing his weight around now that it's very clear that mayborn was up to no good mayborn's like it it's he threatens him with court-martial if o'neill hits him o'neill's like i'm not gonna hit you gonna shoot you 
But here too, Mayborn looks very scared. He's like, oh, he'll do it. Yeah. At this point, the team and Dr. Fraser are talking about how they think Tilk pulled out the gold to kill himself because the larvae was slowing it down. And then um, Dr. Harlow says it could be that his mind is being altered. That's why I did the research on the behavior altering parasites. <laughs> Can we get well, those? I, I don't want those. No, I, they don't. No, it's uh, almost impossible to do it to a human. A lot of the parasites are like tiny. So we're going from like wasp down to amoebas. So it's not like. So yeah. you can control a human's brain. Okay. Cause I really don't want that. There's lots of things and there's lots of ways I don't want to go out. And that is pretty close to the top. I watched this movie last night. It was a horrible movie. It's a horrible movie. It was a horror movie, but it was horrible. There, there was a police officer that they wanted to kill and they only put gasoline on his head. And then they lit him on fire, just his head. I think that would be worse than having a parasite control your, your body. I don't know. It just freaks me out more than being burned at the stake or something. Like just your head. I thought the stake is a pretty bad way to go too. Wouldn't you die quicker if you had gasoline on your head? I would think so. It's like they were doing that guy a favor then. <laughs> but it's just so graphic. What about that scene in the Game of Thrones when... Frodo, Frodo, no, not Frodo. Yeah. <laughs> Al, Al Drogo poured <laughs> molten gold on the. I like that scene. Yeah, that was. I like but, it. I think it's better to die that way than by being burned alive. Yeah, much prettier. Too. And he deserved it. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like pour more on him because he needed to die. Period. Cal Drogo did the right thing. <laughs> We get a shot of rescue teams running in the woods with dogs. Then we're back at the boardroom and O'Neill is talking to Tilk on the radio and Tilk just abandons it and doesn't say where he is. So how does he go from like the middle of the forest to some city? And is that Colorado Springs? Like where were they driving him to and how far away did they get? It must've been not far because they got to the symbiote pretty fast. So it must have been going from the mountain to like Colorado Springs, right? So those are the mean streets of Colorado Springs. I know I was thinking the same thing too. <laughs> or like Denver, the mean streets of Denver. Yeah. <laughs> when we when we get there, I'll talk about the city. The city. <laughs> so they still don't know where Tilk is. But in the lab, we find out that Dr. Harlow thinks that he can heal Tilk and that they need the they need the insect venom to, I guess produce like an anti-venom oh i think they needed it because he had a bunch of experimental rna inhibiting drugs and he needed to know which one would work and so they needed to test it on the actual bug what if none of them work it seems like it would be really lucky that you developed a drug that inhibits alien venom and in a time crunch exactly so we're back in the boardroom and carter tells the team that they need to go back to the planet to get the venom all of the team stands up not literally, and says, we'll go to. Now we're going to the city. <laughs> the city of like abandoned buildings and possible gang members and garbage and pallet. Street tough kids. 
This is so everything about this is so fucking cliche. I know it's the 90s and this is kind of what they did in the 90s. But every time they try to do like this street tough scene, it comes off as so fucking ridiculous and like cheesy and not remotely realistic and ridiculous. They show the skyline and it looks like Chicago, but that can't be right. I mean, does Colorado Springs have a bad neighborhood? <laughs> no, I'm sure it does. I don't think Colorado Springs has that many skyscrapers either. It's a really small city. Well, it's like, big enough for there to be an east side. Remember? <laughs> One of the young toughs says, are you from the east side? Because Teal has the tattoo on his head. Right, which they are assuming is a gang, like like a gang tattoo, I guess. So... Tilk looks sick. We don't know if it, he's sick because of the bug or because he's having to act in this city and with these young tufts. I think equal parts. So the guy asks about Tilk's tattoo. Tilk goes into some really dramatic and torturous description of how he got the tattoo. Is this the first time we find out how you how a Jaffa gets their tattoo? I think so. You pour molten gold into the cut open skin. Yeah. So kind of like we were just talking about, kind of like what happened with Viserys. Maybe that's where they got the idea. But more specific, <laughs> more targeted. Tilt grabs the kid by the neck and just walks away. And then we have a little kid that runs up and with a super soaker. When you said the thing about the cliche, as soon as this kid came up, I was like, she's going to take her hat off and she's going to have hair because she's a girl. That was very derivative. To remember this actress, though, because we will see her again playing a different role. As an adult or still as a kid? As a teenager. So then we briefly go back to the gate room and we see the team going through the gate. We're back at the city in the city and cops scope out Teal. <laughs> I don't know if this is because he looks sickly and out of place or because he's just black. <laughs> I think Colorado Springs is a fairly white town. Population of 478,961. All right. That's half the size of San Francisco. So I guess that's like a reasonably sized city. Okay. I Googled the skyline of Colorado Springs. No way that this is the city that we saw. But what it would have, that's what it has to be though, right? That's where Cheyenne Mountain is. They could, yeah, they couldn't have driven that far. I guess it could be Denver. It looks like Denver. Colorado oh. Springs and Denver are not that far away. I could, that, I guess that's possible. Just so you know, there are gangs in in, <laughs> in, Col in Denver, Colorado, Serenios, uh, Gallant Knights, Insane, Northside Mafia, Gangster Disciples, Bloods, and Crips. Did any of them have the golden Apophis tattoo as their symbol? I don't know if they're, which ones are on the east side. I don't know, but it says, and local independent dealers are the principal retail distributors of crack cocaine in Denver. <laughs> now, guess what site that is from? The Justice Department, <laughs> which totally makes sense. Who says local independent dealers are the principal retail distributor? I think we should rebrand our clients as retail distributors. My client is an independent retail distributor. <laughs> So we go back to the control room really briefly, and we find out that they the team's been gone quite a quite a long time, and Hammond's thinking about sending in another team to rescue them. Then we go back to the city, 
This is where Tilk finds his hovel in the form of an abandoned building. And uh, he goes inside, collapses, and we see he has lots of hives. Is this the goo? Did he do the goo thing with his fingers? Where he's like turning into goo or coming covered in goo? I think that's when the girl comes in. So gross. Yeah, I think he's just hives. He pulls up his shirt and, uh, you know, his sleeve and he has the hives. So we're back at the gate room. The team comes back from uh, the bug planet and a bug follows them. So I was confused. Were they going for the venom or were they actually wanting a bug? I think they wanted a bug. I think it would have been too hard to capture a bug there and extract the venom and they don't know how much they need. So I think they were trying to get a bug. Why weren't the doors closed though? When they're coming through, the, they're dialing in a gate from a bug infested planet, hopefully carrying a bug. Why, why did he have to say close the doors? But also why were they shooting at it? I mean, that was like a, a full, there was like a machine gun. They were shooting at it. I don't Maybe they had planned to capture it and bring it back in a, like container and instead it flew through and uh just as an aside what was carter doing with that weird fire extinguisher <laughs> i mean i understand it probably like stunned it well and how do you know that's not going to kill it because they wanted it alive right mm-hmm. that was how they said they contested and stuff so i don't know how you know what's going to kill it what's going to knock it out all that it seems like more precautions should have been taken was it a fire extinguisher or was it like a bug repellent or something that would be awesome if it was just a can of raid. <laughs> no, um, but they didn't need it alive because remember Dr. Harlow later dissects it. No, I think it was still alive. Was it? I thought that was. It makes sense to keep it alive, especially if you need extra samples in it to produce more samples, right? So then we go back to the lab. Harlow calls it a mosquito. Yeah, I don't know if I trust Dr. Harlow. <laughs> He doesn't know the difference between a flying scorpion and a mosquito. So we find out that Mayboard's team is still looking for Tilk and they are up against a clock. They show, the team shows Hammond what looks like a dark place and a person in some kind of cocoon. And they discuss that the bugs came in, started infecting people, and then they those people made more bugs until they wiped out everyone on the planet and this is when we find out that that multiple bugs can come from one person so the people turned into bugs that's where the all the that's why there's no dead bodies they're right. just now bugs millions of bugs well wouldn't there be in like an extinction extinction event well maybe they don't need food but if they do need food and they don't have any more bodies when they just eventually die out yeah, how are they going to reproduce? So we're back at the abandoned building, and this is where Tilk has the goo on his finger. Ew, so fucking gross. At least it's not pus. I'm okay it's with so you. Gross. And the kid comes into the room and shoots Tilk with her super soaker. Actually, you know what? Let's call it a water gun because super soaker is not advertising with us. <laughs> <laughs> i don't like this kid i don't like the whole storyline with the kid i really don't why she annoyed me she's too she's too much of a caricature of a tough little kid that's exactly what she is yeah extremely one-dimensional very cliche and they give her like a backstory so you'll like her but that's not enough her dad is a cop that was killed and her mom is like 
too busy working. So she's carrying her water gun around the main streets of Denver. Yeah. Who, who cares? <laughs> I was not there for that story. So she thinks that Tilt needs to go to a rehab. He, he does look like he's kind of strung out. I think that was kind of rude of her. Tilt tells her to leave, but then asks for her candy bar. Tilt asks for more and she goes to get more candy. So I think this is the parasite needing to nourish itself to make the bugs and go yeah. into hibernation stage or whatever it is. So you don't like the kid, but what do you think about the relationship between Tilk and the kid? No, <laughs> I still didn't like that. I, I didn't like her behavior, her manner, mannerisms, her dialogue. I mean, Tilk was fine, but Tilk spent all of his time just going. <laughs> so there wasn't really a relationship there. It's just Tilk suffering and then her doing her stick on the side. And I do like this. I, I mean, we, this character, I think, as, as is just very um, one dimensional, whatever. When we see her later, I like how she plays that other character. So I'm going to say this is the writer's fault. She was given shit to read and she's a kid. So how do you really develop a character from this, this awful dialogue? We're back at the lab and we see Dr. Harlow and Daniel dissecting the bug. Why is Daniel assisting with the surgery? Just why? Like there's no, why isn't Frazier helping? Like why Daniel seems like the least useful person for this particular task. But Daniel has mid midwifery skills. (laughs) So he can get, get in there and extract whatever you need. (laughs) Cause he birthed three babies. How many babies has Dr. Frazier birthed? Daniel before surgery. That's true. But Daniel's very nosy. So Carter does the calculations and believes that it will only take six to eight weeks for there to be swarms of these bugs in the millions, which would wipe out the planet. Sucks to again have brought through a deadly plague that could infest Earth, if not for the quick thinking of SG-1. (laughs) So we're back at the city. The the kid looks out the window and sees that the cops are bothering the young street toughs and believes for some reason, I guess she has supersonic ears, that they're searching for Tilk rather than just harassing kids on the street, <laughs> just wanting to sit on pallets and listen to their very strange rap music. Kid brings Tilk more candy. The kid says that she knows that Tilk is not going to hurt her because her dad had the ability to sniff out criminals. Mm-hmm. Classic, classic cop talk. It did, that's not enough for probable cause for me, but okay. Some judges it is. Yeah, I could just tell. I could tell when someone's lying to me. Or how the cops, before pot was legal, how the cops always smelled pot everywhere. Like, <laughs> instant probable cause (laughs) i'm gonna pull over those kids from two miles away because i smell pot so so the kid helps tilk to hide we're back in the boardroom and finally the president president stops whatever he's doing with some (laughs) young lady and overrules mayborn's orders unfortunately mayborn still has his teams on the ground looking for tilk this seems like a bit of a mess. Like you have your alien 
member who is himself infected by other aliens and your biggest issues like fighting over who has jurisdiction i don't know and doesn't the president have like an aide (laughs) if he's indisposed with whoever can't you just call his aide and be like can you interrupt the yeah seems like a pressing matter yeah yeah so we're so we're back at the city and somehow these cops, I guess, got it from the young toughs that that Tilk was in this abandoned building and Mayborn sends in like a ton of black booted thugs. But kid, the kid had already moved Tilk to a secret room. So her whole thing for helping this guy who's clearly having a medical emergency that she does not understand is <clears throat> I'm going to hide you from police, not seek help because my inherited cop instincts tell me that you're not a bad guy that's it and she's 12 and she's 12 12 kids who are 12 don't make the best decisions (laughs) especially since she thought he was addicted like he was strong i think that would be i mean until he starts turning into a cocoon i'd say your best guess when someone is acting that sick is either withdrawal or some kind of medical condition and why is this 12 year old girl why does she think that she can recognize someone who's strung out? Because she's a street tough. That's what street toughs do. They deal with tough things like gangs and addicts. Where are her parents? This is not a real thing that happens. I mean, her, yeah, not... her dad was killed in the line of duty and her mom know. is busy working to feed her and put a roof over her head. I mean, they have video games in 1999, right? This kid would be home playing video games. If she is lacking in parental supervision, that is what she would be doing or hanging out with her friends somewhere. She's too old to be shooting a water gun, (laughs) right? Like this is, sometimes they have kids, like like the age appropriateness of what the kid is doing. Like, I just don't see a 13 year old. Maybe let's say she's a big 11 year old walking around with a water gun, just like chit-chatting strangers who are turning into flies. Sniffing them out and then feeding them. And hiding them. So we're back at the lab where we find out that symbiote is dying. But Harlow, Dr. Harlow has found a drug that might work. Before we move on, that symbiote looked dead. I've had goldfish that they just rise to the top and they don't move. And that symbiote was like, that was a dead symbiote. So we're back at the city. Mayborn's bad team is looking for a tilk, goes exactly to the room, right to the room where he had been previously and tilt can see them from what the ceiling and this is when one of the the team finds the kid by this time tilk is covered in goo and and in hiding and the team doesn't find him so mayborn decides that with his uh charm and elegant he's going to talk this kid into giving up tilk and her nose abilities come into play again, where she says she doesn't like how he smells. She can sniff out the bad guys. It's awful. It's so awful. Yeah, it's so awful. Like if her father was a police officer, she should have some some deference for authority for a uniform. So it just doesn't really make sense story-wise for her to think he smells bad. Yeah, it's it's just I agree. The this the dialogue is too much. So we're back at the lab and this is when O'Neill talks about zapping the symbiote with some paddles. 
and Dr. Frazier and Carter, you can see the light bulb go on over their heads. And they decided that what the symbiote needs is a power source. Sure. Stretch. Okay. So we're back in the, the city and the kid goes back up to the secret hiding place and finds Tilk and he's covered in what looks like kind of a, a webbing, but it's also kind of a cocoon. Yeah, it kind of looked like a cocoon. But it was he was like attached to the floor, kind of. It looked like what spiders do to bugs. Right. Yeah, that's what I thought of. But there was no spider. There was nobody to to put that silk on. He's growing it himself. Wait, he's he's growing it himself? Is it coming? Where else would it come from? I think part of his transformation is he turns into the webbing that they then burst out of. So is it coming out of his pores or (laughs) his mouth? Why not? Maybe the but maybe the wound, the puncture wound. Where does it come out of spot for spiders? Their butts. There you go. I love that theory. Let's go with that one. <laughs> the little girl mentions that that this looked like alien stuff, and she wants to go tell somebody, somebody that she trusts. And Tilt tells her, reaches out from the butt webbing and grabs her hand and tells her not to tell anybody. Then we're back at the lab. The electricity works to save the symbiote. This is one of like two scenes that actually was pretty good. And it, and it, I think you could put this in Shipper's Corner too, because Jack kind of looked at Carter to say, look, look what I did. I did this. Aren't you impressed? <laughs> I didn't notice that. You I didn't. didn't. Oh. I did think he was proud of himself for getting the idea, which he didn't actually get, but giving them the idea. But he did, he did look at her. I mean, he looked everywhere else, but he also looked at her too. I have to say my favorite Carter O'Neill interactions episode is when he's yelling, what does he say? Big stinking honking bugs. <laughs> she wants to go back to the planet. He's like, there are fucking bugs there. No. Also in the lab, O'Neill gets a call and it's the kid and tells him where he can find Tilk. Now, how the hell? <laughs> I mean, I know she says that she's talked to like 15 people. Yeah. But he's in like a top secret position. They're not, he's not on the phone tree. Like what? Well, did Teal, first of all, did Teal give her, I, I would have believed it had she connected him directly because Teal gave her the secret inside number and said, call this number. Okay. But she said she talked to 15 people. Why didn't those 15 people say, stop pranking us kid and hang up on her? Like there's no way they would have transferred that call at, at all. So that made no sense. So we're back in the abandoned building and the team run in, find Tilk, but he's covered in some kind of webbing, (laughs) which makes no sense because if he's turning into flying bugs, it should be a cocoon. It shouldn't be webbing. It's an alien. That's true. But it's not an alien spider. (laughs) Uh, I believe it was Daniel who was kind of pulling at the, at the webbing. And that's when Tilk reaches out to O'Neill and asks him to uh, kill him. Co- uh, Conan. O'Neill says, why is that Conan? O'Neill tells Tilk no and starts pulling at the webbing too. And then the next time we see Tilk, he's on a stretcher. He's incredibly white. So I guess this webbing 
this alien makes you a white man he's ashen it's like ashen right he's turning into a fly (laughs) it does weird things to people but are flies white i don't think they are it was silver right it's a silver fly that's true it was sucking all the blackness from him (laughs) so the kid runs over to tilk but daniel won't let her speak to him the next scene is in the infirmary and his symbiote is back in tilk he's on some drugs and they hope that the symbiote will reverse the transformation that he was going through what do you guys think about that the stupid (laughs) yep (laughs) in general i find the whole like shit happens and it all gets reversed at the end very annoying like with onio with the nanobots and so it like reverses the aging process it's just it's just a little too much yeah wasn't it rewriting his dna yeah I mean, I can see stopping the process, but like reversing it, it unwrote his DNA. I I, or guess it rewrote it again. Right way. Made another Xerox copy. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) What's strange is, I mean, Tilk asked O'Neill to kill him because he was like in the final stages of becoming multiple bug. He's been eaten by this parasite from the inside made him white so obviously it was sucking everything out of him how can the symbiote go in and be like let me remove these wings and these all these extra legs because you know that they're like maybe there's they they look like those um tumors that some people have that have like a tooth in it so that's what i'm thinking like was like a twin that never formed and stuff exactly exactly <laughs> So was he at the, I don't know that he hit the stage yet where he had actual bugs like forming in him. Like he was just prepa- being prepared to be their incubator. I think he was the incubator the whole time because he was like gaunt and white and he looked weak. consumed and weak. And I think the webbing part is the like final step, right? So they would have to be like, there would have to be a mass or multiple masses because we know he's going to make multiple bugs. There would have to be a mass consuming him. So it wasn't just that they replaced the symbiote. It was that they gave him the medicine that Timothy had identified as, as the one that works. So would would a non-Jaffa who was turned into a bug incubator not have survived? I'm going to say No. Probably not. It was a combination of the of the symbiote with the drugs. Okay. Yeah. And then I guess the drugs made him maybe pass some of the extra extra mass. It was like a laxative or something. Yeah. Yes. From the box. <laughs> yeah, you got wings. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think didn't the doctor say that didn't he say it was it was DNA? related and it was like something he had been working on yeah like an RNA inhibitor or something it doesn't make any sense that that a random drug that he had been working on for human application would be that effective against an alien bug virus but you know shit has to get tied up at the end of the episode that's right Mayborn's there of course and he wants everything shipped to Ariane 51 including Tilk 
and the drugs and everything. It was, uh, I think it was Dr. Harlow who was like, there's going to be an unfortunate lab accident <laughs> with the bug. <laughs> oh, goodness. So he redeems himself. After he set this whole thing up, I mean, he's the reason why Mayborn was trying to take Tilk in the first place and the bug, right? But do you think, I mean, I th- I think I come down on, he was just sort of a naive tool that Mayborn was using. Not, he was not, he was not acting maliciously. He was just being really blindly led about by Mayborn. I thought he was pretty gullible because I'm sure, mm-hmm. I mean, Mayborn born and sociopaths or psychopaths can talk a good game, right? And I think Mayborn falls into that. So I'm sure he like used his quite little charm he has to convince me, uh, Harlow that, Dr. Harlow, that what was happening was for the best. Then there's the shot of Tilk covered in yummy strawberry jam. Sometimes I wonder if the effects department, they literally build the stuff according to the script in order. And then when they get to the end, they're like, okay, we only have five bucks left. What are we going to do? It's your jam. (laughs) Costco size. (laughs) It's on sale. We go back to the city and the kid is playing in the abandoned building. Tilk and, and Daniel come to see her and they got her a brand new huge water gun. And she sprays Tilk, which was very cute. I thought that was cute. Even though we don't like Allie the kid, it was, and she's like a walking trope, but it, I thought it was still cute. I, and I liked he when he sprays Daniel, when he turns around and sprays Daniel, it kind of almost makes this episode tolerable for that moment. Because <laughs> it was just, it was cute. It was funny. It put a smile on my face. That's in my notes too. Daniel finally made me smile. When he dried his shirt by pulling it out and waving it around. <laughs> yeah. I almost started to like Daniel. But I'm sure he'll do something horrible. And I'll hate him again. So we evaluate each episode based on how many chevrons it deserves. So, Rose, how many chevrons do you give Bane? think this is a two is a two right it's really really i really dislike this episode it's like so stupid it's so gross i think there's something there's definitely ones i like i don't know maybe what maybe i should give a one one and a half (laughs) i just think the storyline's fucking stupid i think that they i hate that sort of tough street kid trope that they tried to do that is just really obnoxious and overdone and they did not do it well i mean chris judge is amazing i think he does a great job as an actor with ridiculous fucking material that's sort of the one bright spot in this episode but i it's just i don't know this was just one of those like what the fuck are you doing i hate bugs sam what about you i don't mind bugs that much (laughs) but yeah i agree this episode's not that great i really hated the kid uh, yeah a, a trope definitely a trope tough kid trope from the mean streets of what what do we Colorado think? Springs Denver? yeah Denver. <laughs> the mean streets of Denver yeah. and then the ending um spraying Daniel was 
yeah, cute. Or Daniel sprayed Tilk. I can't remember who sprayed who. But the the addition of the kid at the end was just too saccharine for my taste. The details on the bug were pretty lame. I wish they'd spent a little more money. Maybe make the bug more wet. You know, <laughs> make it like 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 really gory. Either make it spongy or make it gory like alien don't just give us this dry rubber thing so my rating is two i personally love body horror i mean i love horror movies period but i like body horror it doesn't bother me but you can't do it halfway and this episode did it halfway um you know goo on your fingers that's not pushing the envelope Right? I want to see um, bugs burst forth. <laughs> yes. Like, I I mean, I don't want to go on a tangent, but I will. There's a movie called Men. And in the last couple scenes, there is a part, because I know none of you guys are ever going to watch it, and I'm not going to spoil, but there is so, so much extreme body horror that even I was like, my mouth was dropped open. Like it was just, it continued and continued. That's how this episode should have been. I would have given it like, even though the kid is in it and all this garbagey plot line, um, I would still give it an eight if it was like men, men's body horror. I hope that everybody goes out and watches it because it is absolutely horrific. So I give this one... I did like Tilk. I really didn't like that kid. Um, I did like Daniel at the very end. So I would give it one. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like three. No, 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 no. So if this episode was done today, what what do you think would be changed and what would you like to see changed? Sam? The bug would be dripping. And whatever fluid a bug has, pus, <laughs> blood, whatever the bug is filled with. <laughs> Why do you want to make this grosser? It would be more gross. It, it no, Malika, you're point. like, it needs to be more body horror. And you're like, the bug needs to be wetter and, and dripping. And I'm like, fucking gross. <laughs> it, it would be more gross. I, I think that is how it would be changed in the modern world. Yeah, he probably would. I think I think the tropes, I don't know, there's still plenty of tropes on TV. That sort of 80s style bad kid from the wrong side of the tracks trope has been done to death. So maybe that would be a little bit less in your face. I don't know. I feel like most characters have more nuance. I just don't know that this episode would be made today. It felt like such a stupid filler episode that was just so poorly executed on top of being a bad idea. <laughs> I just I think they would have just said like, let's just scrap it and have one fewer episodes for the season. Well, I agree with Sam. If you're going to do a horror episode, you need to go 100%, 150%. So thank you everybody for spending this time with us discussing Bane. Next up is going to be the Tokra part one. And yes, I needed to practice that. We will see you soon. Bye. Bye.
I hate bugs. Dad, we have a bug. Please like us. Oh, and follow us on Instagram at Probing the Wormhole or Twitter at Probing the Wormhole or Facebook at Probing the Wormhole. You can also get in touch with us at our website, probingthewormhole.com.